Okay, so let me say good morning again to those who are on Zoom and in person, and welcome to Commitment to Discipleship. This is like session number like 20. <laughs> so we've been hitting this uh, particular topic for a while now. Um, and as we see in this book, there is a lot to unpack. Um, and so it is definitely important for us to understand uh, what a disciple is, um, because in our traditional church experience, we um, have not learned about the, the fact that Jesus is calling for us to be his disciples outside of um, accepting him as our Lord and Savior. There's another step that we should take, and that is a, a life of, of being a disciple of Jesus Christ. And that is understanding his word and understanding his concept. Give it back. Hey, give it back. Give it back. Um, understanding his word and understanding his concepts and understanding um, the way of living. And so we're thankful um, for, for God uh, giving, giving us Jesus and then coming here on earth and showing us what it means to be a, a follower of God. Um, showing us the way of how to live this life that is pleasing to the Father. And so we are on this journey, a lifelong journey. And um, we learned last week that we shall do this work, First Thessalonians, that we should do this work until he comes. So if you ever asking, what is my purpose here? And what am I supposed to do? We're supposed to be doing the work of disciples until he comes, whether uh, it be you're, you're involved in the training process, whether you are, um, you are uh, exhibiting and using your spiritual gifts to help edify and encourage the body, you have a place um, and you have a purpose. First uh, Corinthians 12 tells us that all of us have, uh, have been endowed with spiritual gifts and that we have a place um, in this particular work. And so as we begin to grow and as we begin to learn um, doing this training, uh, doing the groundwork for training, prayerfully as you continue to be consistent in this and dedicated in this, it will position you to a place of maturity to the point where you're able to uh, deploy your gifts. And so um, during this process, um, these next few weeks, we're going to be talking about convictions and perspective gifts and callings. And so um, everyone who is saying have a gift. And so it is um, important that we help you discover, develop, and deploy your spiritual gifts um, in, in that we want you to, to do it in the right stating of the word. We don't want you to deploy gifts on how you see others do it, um, but you want to have a conviction in the word of God. And so that's what we're going to be talking about heavily is making sure your belief system, your perspective, your conviction comes from the word of God. Your conviction should not be my conviction. Your, my conviction should not be your conviction. If I say a particular thing as um, a growing disciple, you should be able to go in the word and to study that thing and allow the Holy Spirit to do the illumination so that that conviction can be your conviction. And then you have the word of God that is convicting you and not just a particular man. So we don't want to, um, and so that's very common in our traditional church that we always quote with what our pastors say or what somebody may have said, but don't know where it is in scripture, but swear up and down, that's the Bible. And then lately during our journey, we realized a lot of things that we've been hearing and and uh, people have been saying, ain't in the scriptures. And so we have a work to do. We have a work to do. And so you want to have a right conviction that is based on the word of God. So that's what we're going to be really uh, talking about uh, today. So are there any comments or questions from last week? I know we had an um, awesome discussion about um, imparting the basis um, to a disciple and um, encouraging them and um, always following up with with the disciple and understanding that um, we are we have a work to do amongst each other. We are accountable to one another. It doesn't matter what position or what um, part you play um, in in the church. 
we're all accountable to each other, okay? We don't live this, this hidden life uh, that our life is always on display and that um, anyone uh, who is a disciple or amongst us can ask a question about your life. You see you doing a particular thing, they have a right to ask, like, okay, what's, what's going on here? I see you doing X, Y, and Z. It is a part of the accountability system. And I know people don't like that. <laughs> but it's, it's, when I think about it, it's a blessing. And it's an honor, actually, to, to have someone to, to actually, what we call, call you out on it. And not just in rudeness, but in love. And the idea of calling you out is to help you to, to edify and to encourage you and to make sure that you're staying on, come on back over here on this pathway instead of you just wandering off. And so um, are there any comments or questions from last week? All right, all right. Just wanna make sure I afford you all that opportunity. And of course, um, anytime during the class, if you have any, uh, comments or questions, you could definitely ask. Um, and then remember that um, in these TLC se sessions that I don't cover everything in the chapter. And so it is your responsibility to do the reading, to do some note taking. And if you had any questions, you could definitely present them in class. Um, I've been um, answering questions via inbox uh, from a particular student who's catching up on these discipleship classes. So he has a lot of questions and that's okay. Um, so if you are if you have questions at any time, you can definitely present them in class. You can inbox me. However you can get to me, um, it's all good because this is a part of the learning process and this is a part of, of growing as a disciple. We're gonna have questions and it's okay to ask those questions. Um, and so we want to make sure that you all have that opportunity. Okay, so we're on chapter nine. We are pushing through this book here. We're just about finished with this book. I think we have what, like maybe two chapters after that? Uh, 10, 11, and 12. So we have, we, have, uh, we have three more chapters. And so that is exciting to, to see. Um, I don't know what's after this class. I'm still going back and forth um, uh, deciding where we need to go. Uh, I know we still need to do some groundwork, and I'm thinking about going back to the Old Testament, doing some groundwork in the Old Testament. Um, yeah, have, getting some um, some understanding with the you know Jewish history and all that stuff. That's what I'm think I'm thinking about. But then I'm thinking about well, I can just jump to the New Testament. The New Testament is always comfortable for some reason, but <laughs> but uh, I think I'll probably do the old testament so be on the lookout in a few weeks i ain't got a, i ain't got a lot of time but uh be on the lookout for uh the new class okay so next week we'll have class it's with the 30 the 31st the 31st next week but then the week after that august 6th we won't have class okay so you get a little break on august 6th and then after that we'll pick up uh, class after that so make sure you, I'll make sure, of course, put it out there in the uh, family page and email, things of that sort, that uh, classes cancel on August 6th, okay? All right. All right, let's go ahead and jump in here. So we're going to go through some slides first, of course, to kind of set up this chapter, and then we'll hop in, into the book here, okay? So um, our lesson objectives. So at the end of this lesson, students will become more familiar with the importance of developing a personal conviction through a right perspective of God's word. So like I said before, like um, your conviction cannot come from me or come from anybody. Your conviction should come from the word of God. So it's okay if, if Eva says something that's really profound, you're like, man, that's, that sound, that's good, that's true. And so it is your responsibility to go into the word and to make sure like, okay, yeah, she did say that and I get it now and I do believe that. And now that can become your conviction. So then the Holy Spirit will do illumination. You see, you probably even go even deeper looking at it 
And then um, the Holy Spirit allows you to have illumination and then that thing becomes your conviction. And so that's how it should be. And so instead of saying, well, I heard Eva say, but you just now say in the word according to Hebrews. So it it has more power, it has uh, has more authority when you use the word of God. There's nothing wrong with, with quoting either, but then you want to say, you know what, I went a little deeper and I saw it in Hebrews and it made sense. And da, da, da. You want, we want to mature you. <laughs> we want to grow you. And so instead of saying, well, I heard pastor said this and I heard pastor say that. Now you should say, I know because of scripture, because of particular, uh, a particular scripture that this is true. Okay. And so, um, so that um, is so important. And so, like I said, our church tradition taught uh, didn't really teach us how to develop a right conviction when it comes to uh, based on the word of God. And so, uh, being a part, being a disciple, is helping you to uh, develop a conviction that is based in God's word. And so, we, when we look at how the the disciples taught, they taught based on the words of Jesus Christ. They taught based on the words of the Old Testament. Uh, We often see them quoting Jesus and quoting scriptures to make a particular point. And that's the goal that we want to get to, that um, everything that we do, everything that we say, everything that we believe and look at the world system and events, we can always go back to, to the word of God. And so what we're doing in training, these particular trainings, is very crucial and very urgent because and in general the church is in crisis and when it comes to for them um actually uh having a a conviction perspective that is based on the word of god and so this is about your quality of life and so the question is um according you know with your belief system are you valuable to the kingdom so do you have this worldly, worldly mindset, but yet saying I'm for the kingdom, but yet put kingdom values and principles on, on the back burner, but yet always promoting what the world is saying? So what value are you um, of the kingdom? And so we have um, opinions and life experiences um, that we uh, stand on, but a lot of times our opinions and life experience um, uh, don't have any authority unless it rests on God's word. Okay. And so a lot of times we, we will experience something that well, I experienced this, I experienced that, but the scripture is telling you something different. Well, we always hold our experience with more weight versus what the scripture is telling you did not experience that. <laughs> that was not of God. When we swear up and down, it was God. And so what has uh, more weight, your experience or the word of God. And that's all, that's hard though, because we, we, we ride on experiences and we have to understand that even the enemy can give you experiences. And so we have to have the word of God to discern what is from God and what is from the enemy. Okay. Um, let's see here. And so um, when we're faced with the, the precepts and understanding the word of God, it is left for us to seek understanding. And so um, as we go through this process, it should change our conversation and move us forward from having a worldly wisdom and opinion to having a kingdom wisdom and opinion. And so it should inform, it should shape us, and it should guide us, okay? Um, even when I said, like I said, understanding uh, what's going on in the world, when we, have, we see wars and we see all types of things, the economies down and all this stuff that we see, we should be able to uh, look to the word of God for guidance and for understanding. But that comes over time and that comes and it's so difficult for many of us because we're still learning the whole counsel of God's word. We're still understanding the whole, the whole ideology, the whole mindset of God. Okay. And so it's going to take, it's going to take time. And so I want to ask a question. Uh, when it comes to our convictions and perspective outside of the word of God, where do we usually get our convictions and perspectives from? 
So growing up, you got beliefs in certain things or you heard certain things you believe. Where did it come from? Your, fam your family. Family. That's a big one right there. Family can uh, give you certain beliefs about things and your mom and dad can teach you certain things that they say they may have passed down from generation to generation. And so then that becomes our belief system. Anybody else? The school system. Oh, that's a big one. Because um, while growing up, you spend majority of your time in the school system. So you are influenced by teachers, you're influenced by students, you're influenced by the curriculum. And so that shapes your belief system. Anybody else? The religious system. Yes, that does shape our beliefs. She said, whether good or bad. And so we got to uh, what, what Jesus uh, says, the traditions of men. <laughs> that shapes our belief system, what our pastor may say or what uh, someone in the church may say. That shapes our belief system. Anybody else? Say it again. The medical system. The medical system. It puts you, yeah, can definitely shape your belief system because they always say based on research, based on this, based on that, right, based on science. And so uh, that does shape your belief system. Anybody else? Your friends. Your friends. Oh, definitely your friends. That good old peer pressure. <laughs> friends, definitely. And sometimes friends have more weight than family because, uh, because you know, y'all have similar interests. Yeah, that's your role, dog, or, you know, that's your people. And so you're, you're influenced by what they do and what they say and all that stuff. So definitely friends. Yeah, I would definitely say that. Um, another thing that I that I all, uh, that I put down is acquired knowledge, just stuff you just hear. It could be from the media, it could be from books, it could just be because of somebody always say something throughout the years. You hear it all the time, and so you just believe that that is true for some reason. And so yes, uh, we listed a lot of um, places where we get our convictions and perspectives from outside the Word of God. So we have family, we have friends. We have religious systems. We have medical medical world. We have uh, the religious systems. Um, just acquire knowledge. So we have um, a lot of places that influence and that it, that shapes our belief system. And so um, the question is, like, what is wrong with us getting information from life experiences and systems of this world? What's wrong with it? Sounds good, right? What's wrong with it? We, we love to repost good things that we see. Oh, this is a nice quote. This is a nice meme. Repost this. Basically, anything that doesn't line up with the word of God is outside the basis of truth. Yep, anything that does not align. But what if it does align with God's word? It sounds good. I heard that before. My pastor said that. But you said it does line up with the fact that mm -hmm. okay? Well, if it does line up with the word of God, are we hearing it, seeing it, believing it in the right context? Mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a question too. So you may sound good. We're, <laughs> like the scripture, we're blessed in the city, blessed in the field. Ooh, we are so blessed. But yet don't understand the context of it. Who God was talking to. But I'm going to post that because I know I'm blessed. Uh, I got cattle on a thousand hills. Child, you ain't never seen a cow in person. But you talking about you got cattle on a thousand hills, but you live in Cincinnati. What's going on? Listen, yeah, I we, wish you would leave my song alone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we love that song. Oh, trust love me. We love that song, but that, that song is not scriptural as far as it being in the right context for the church, because we have a bigger blessing than heels and land, but we, that's all we really want for real. 
property and materials and all that stuff. But Jesus, now Jesus saying, now I give you the kingdom though. But we wrap the saddle for a cow. Okay. But uh, <laughs> so if, if, if what we're hearing sounds good and we post it and, and we say it's, it's, it sounds good and I heard it in, in, in scripture, but you can't pinpoint it in scripture. If what you got it from is not the, the scripture is not your source, then it's wrong. So anything that doesn't come from faith in the scripture, that, come, that doesn't come from God's word is wrong. And I'm going to show you in scripture. Um, I'm going to show you in scripture in Romans chapter 14. Uh, let's go here. Oh, I'm on the wrong one. I'm on next week's lesson. No wonder I'm like, wait. Okay. Actually, two weeks from now, lesson. All right, let me go back here. Romans. We're all the way in the future. Here we go, Romans. So here we're kind of familiar with this one that when Paul was talking about, um, you know, it's not good for you to eat meat or drink or wine and do anything that causes your brother to stumble, right? And he says, the faith that you have, um, keep between yourself and God, blesses those uh, who has no reason to pass judgment. But when you go down on the last line, he says, for, for whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. So you can say good things, but your source was from a meme or your source was from a person, but then you don't know that it actually was actually in scripture or not in scripture, but it sounds good though. So anything that, that is not from the word of God is sin. So a right perspective, a right um, understanding the right context, understanding the right uh, perspective of that thing, um, that, that's, that what, that's, that's the thing that matters, okay? And so doing the right thing without doing it in faith is sin, okay? Um, Oh, I'm just on the lesson objectives. I thought I was actually the lesson. <laughs> Number two, <laughs> learn more about what the Bible teaches about spiritual gifts. And so not this week, but next week, we'll, we'll touch on spiritual gifts. Yeah, next week, we'll touch on spiritual, spiritual gifts, and we're not going to go deep in spiritual gifts. That's actually a class, um, biblical teaches on spiritual gifts, but we're going to kind of go surface level on it and understanding, you know, your gifts, your gifts and callings and things of that sort. And so we're going to break that tradition or break, yeah, break that tradition of only certain people have gifts. Only certain people can minister. Only certain people are anointed. We love to use that word, anointed. I'd be like, child, oh, anointing me out. It was, and they don't understand what anointing means and all that stuff, but for anointed to do certain things, it was just, yeah, I always had this conversation that was up in my nerves. <laughs> yeah. um, and so, um, so when it comes to spiritual gifts, we must understand that we are up against a religious institutional definition of them. So we want to give you a right definition about what spiritual gifts are. Um, and so, um, how do you know that you have a spiritual gift? Is it something that you feel? Is it just something? Uh, was it just an experience? We want you to have an informed understanding of the word of, of spiritual gifts through the word of God. So it ain't based on no experience, it ain't based on no feelings, but it's 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 stronger when you have your conviction in the word of God that you have a spiritual gift. Okay. Um and so let's see, number three is to learn more about what it means to be called by God. And so something that we've been spending a lot of time on lately, understanding what it means to be called by God. Um, and so it's not um, just a mystical experience that we you know, heard throughout the years, that I heard the Lord call me in the middle of the night, yeah, 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 no. We need to have um, authority when it comes to understanding our call through the word of God. Okay, and so we want want to um, be able to uh, make our uh, our calling in our election sure. Okay, we want to be able to give an account on why the Lord has uh, called us. Okay, and so um, yeah, so today we're going to be talking about conviction, and so uh, 
And so when it comes to having a conviction, you want your conviction to be informed by the word of God, okay? And I know that takes time because we're still learning scriptures and things of that sort. And a lot of people say, I'm not good at quoting scripture. You ain't got to quote scripture verbatim. At least know where it is. At least, you know, you can have a gist of what it says in order to have, you know, a solid conviction or whatnot. Um, but we want for you to, to grow into having a conviction in the word of God. So any comments or questions so far? I th- All right. I think this is, I think yeah, this is an important perspective um, because especially when mm-hmm. you're super young, you tend to take as conviction, like you said, almost anything you hear, you start repeating it and taking it as, you know, taking it into yourself. And I'm, and it's just so important that we, as we mature, stop doing that. Yeah. And just you know, let our conviction be based on the word of God. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The, uh, the author, he speaks on that on how, you know, it's okay at a certain point when you're a young believer, you know, you're still on the milk. He uses the analogy of a parent, uh, you know, doing the things of what a parent does. Um, Kids mimic uh, what they see and say what they see. You know, kids are like tape recorders. So they'll, they'll, you may not think they're listening, but they're listening and they'll repeat what you say or your mannerisms may be like your parents said. That's OK at first, but you must get to a place where um, what you're you can't ride on what your mom and dad says as gold. Um, and so he uses the analogy of Moses and things that we're going to get to that in a minute. Analogy of Moses, where he said that he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He refused to always be identified by his parents, but then he began to grow his own faith in God. So yeah, so we definitely got to get a point of uh, becoming mature, that we're not just quoting what we heard our leaders say or quote whatever, you know, our parents may say. But you, I mean, it's okay to quote them as long as you can root it in the word of God. And so this is going to cause us to, to, to put things on the shelf, take them off the shelf, maybe throw them away. <laughs> and so it's going to cause you to do a lot of that when you're, when you're trying to uh, allow the Holy Spirit to create a perspective that is based on the word of God. Okay? That's even where us as teachers, and preachers, whatever, you know, when we're studying. Uh-huh. Because um, I remember I came to you at one point and I was just like, I can no longer quote a scholar if I can't understand or comprehend, because mm-hmm. sometimes it just sounds good. Sounds like good. they got to be right, because I don't know what they got. You know, they got a whole collection of books, you know, right? They got their own commentaries, you know. And, but I was just like, wait, if I can't understand it, I have to exit. And if I don't understand it, then I'm not going to focus on that point, because I ain't got that yet. Right. We can focus on yeah, and that's just one of the things. Like, it's a great point, but do you comprehend it? Right. What they're trying to say doesn't right. make sense. Something just like I said, put it on the shelf until you come to a better understanding of what they're saying, or uh, what they're saying is is nothing. So you might have to just throw it away. So yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely. I started, I started a whole book that way. <laughs> I was like, maybe it's me. I just stopped and just threw the whole book away. I was just like, because. I was like, maybe I ain't deep enough. I mean, they were talking so much spirit and spirit and you're going through all and I was just like, maybe I'm not there, but I didn't come and I still don't comprehend. So I'm just like, you know, it's 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 a challenge. <laughs> that reminds me when I was on that on that kick of that particular uh minister that I was following. Uh-huh. And uh I was I was trying to understand what he was saying and going through it, and you were like, Am I slow? <laughs> don't get nothing to say it. Like from the moment it to the And I was like, you not trust me. You're not slow. So like you just speaking all this, 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 this. I'm like, just everywhere, Lord have mercy. So yeah, definitely. So that's why it's so important to 
uh, develop a conviction and perspective in the Word of God. So when you read material like the book for read or any type of book, you're 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 empowering, you're strengthening your spirit of discernment. And so, uh, just like in Hebrews, was it five that talks about uh, training your spiritual discernment? You need to train your spiritual discernment in the word of God, okay? So not just, I knew they were wrong, and I just had this feeling. No. You want to say, because of such and such scripture, because the word of God says this, this is wrong. So that's all part about training your spiritual discernment, okay? Uh, anybody else? We're good? Your discernment is based on the word of God. Yes. You don't know the word, the word how you write your sermon. Because the sermon is to is comparing to what God said and what he didn't say. Mm -hmm. How you act and how you're supposed to act. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's biblical, the sermon. And some people use use the world system and try to discern. So there's like you talked about earlier, there are different sources that persuades your belief system. And then you claim you have this biblical discernment, but it's just like we listen, like not rooted in the word. So you want to make sure you have a biblical discernment. <laughs> and so that's on that that takes time that we said. Um, it's something that's that's developed over time because we're still trying to learn these scriptures and learn the, the whole counsel of the word of God. So yeah. Um, so let's go ahead and hit this uh, scripture here. This is our thesis scripture. So First um, Thessalonians talks about our conviction and perspective, and then First Corinthians talks about uh, spiritual gifts. And so it says, "For we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that He has chosen you, because our gospel came to you with uh, the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. You know how we live among you for your sake." And then it says, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit distributes them, okay? And so first off, we must understand, according to this uh, Thessalonian scripture, that God has chosen us, okay? We didn't choose God, but we, are, we went through that a few weeks ago, how we just don't have good in us to choose God. It, just, it doesn't exist. And so um, God pushes us, uh, the Holy Spirit pushes us and convicts us. Um, to to choose to accept Jesus Christ as as Lord. Okay, so conviction of, involves a three part equation. So you got the Word of God plus the Holy Spirit, which equals conviction. Okay, so in order to develop a biblical conviction, a spiritual conviction that's based on the Word of God, you need the Word of God, you need the Holy Spirit, and that equals conviction. Okay. Um, so this is where our conviction must come from. The work of the Holy Spirit on our lives brings about conviction. So he activates and causes an explosion of the precepts of the word of God. And he also illuminates the scriptures um, to us um, that gives us conviction. So everywhere throughout scripture, you will see this conviction. You will see this equation. Um, the word of God with the Holy Spirit equals a belief, equals a conviction, equals a perspective, okay? And so we must be strengthened in the word of God. So um, God's word and the Holy Spirit work with those who have been called, elected, and chosen. He works with those that belong to him. And those that do not belong to him will never understand the word of God, okay? And so, um, so when it comes to having a conviction, going back to this um, scripture, um, having a conviction that you have been called. And so your conviction, you should be able to tell me based on the word of God, um, your calling. So why have you been called? Or what, where is it say in scripture that you have been called? Can somebody give me a scripture that tells us that we've been called to salvation? Sit there. <laughs> sit. sit down. Sit down. Somebody else. Somebody else. We gotta have. See, this is 
but this is what develops our conviction. We just can't say, well, Sunday, the pastor was preaching a message and I began to cry and I decided to walk down the aisle. What they say, give, uh, give uh, God my heart and give the pastor my hand. Because there, that's everybody's story pretty much. <laughs> so, where is scripture though? Um, I would say one thing, it's not a particular scripture about calling, but we are called the Ecclesia, which means called out ones. Where's that? Uh, in a lot of places. I know somewhere, I think, is it, is it in Matthew, where it says that many are called, but few are chosen? Okay. No, I will take If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, um, yeah, you will be saved. Woo-wee! The saints, the saints, the saints. I'm gonna have to give y'all a C minus on this one. This was rough. I'll tell you one I thought about without Googling, but I, it might be because somebody just said it. <laughs> Romans 8:28, for all things work together for good. Uh, for those who um, oh God, yeah, and are called by God. I was about to say, you don't miss the key word. Those were uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you got- listen. I, 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 ha- I have to, um, I need a, I need a, 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 a forgiveness token for being sick. I got a sick mind this morning. Or at least the sin on your there's one because you said something. I, I'm going to Google it uh-huh. to be sure that I don't have no churchisms in what I'm thinking. Okay, okay. Uh, just to be sure. And we quote it all the time, but I'm like, wait, before I make myself look bad. Uh, let's Oh, okay. Uh, it says Romans 11 29. Okay. What does that say? Gifts and callings are irrevocable or come without repentance, is how God's call comes without repentance, is how uh, uh, some of our translations, but I like these other translations, and they're irrevocable. They're irrevocable. That's a better, yeah, that's a better word. Yeah. A lot of people translate that as uh, gifts and calls come without repentance, meaning that you can just live it exactly what you want to do. You still operate or whatever. You're still cool. No, saying gifts and calls come without repentance, saying that God ain't gonna uh, jump back or take his gifts away. 
he ain't gonna irre, he ain't gonna take away from irrevocable. They're irrevocable. So <laughs> that's two different beings right there. Yeah. So there's yeah. some there there are some gifts that Is it giving based on the word of God? Is it is it a, is it a spiritual gift though? 
And this is why I said that's mm -hmm. what you line. You got yeah. a gray area mm -hmm. and you got that side. So you're going to work the gifts whatever side you want. Mm -hmm. If it's the gray area that's philanthropist, if you want to use, I don't know if I said that right. <laughs> if it's a philanthropist, okay, they still are a giver. Mm -hmm. They're still operating the gift, but they're operating it in the wrong way. Mm -hmm. But let's say that person gets born again. You think the giver, they stop giving, no, it moves over to a place where it, yeah, it changes they completely. They understand yeah. the food. Their giving becomes different because they understand mm -hmm. the purpose yeah. of the giving in God. A purpose, a post of the purpose of the giving of the world. Mm -hmm. yeah. So there's that line there. Mm -hmm. You're going to operate it. It's just when you make that switch to determine mm -hmm. how you will operate it. Yeah, yeah, depending on Satan what. has that rule over there. Yeah. So and that's why he, he gives gifts too. He gives gifts too. Because <laughs> he likes to mimic and copy God. So he gives gifts too. And it may look good too. And so that's why we keep saying you have to have a build up a, a spirit of discernment to know what is from God and to know what is from Satan. And that's tough. Because we have people in our lives that do good things and always doing good things. But then you have to use your measurement, the word of God. So they say, I'm doing this for the glory of God, doing this. But when you use the word, say, this ain't what God is even requiring for us to do. So then you got to, that's, that's, that's your, uh, your measurement right there is using the word of God. Okay. So yes, thank you for that. That's a good good discussion right there. And yeah, we'll go into it, uh, understanding the the difference. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. All right. Any comments or questions? I know I want to get First slide. Okay. All right. Um, let's see here. So let's see here. I'm gonna go to the next slide. I'm just gonna skip all. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's go here. So it says the most prized manifestation of a life that demonstrates maturity in Christ through a healthy relationship with the Holy Spirit is a growing frequency of conviction. So when we make a commitment to Jesus Christ, it is a blind commitment. You give your life, you walk, we talk about walk down the aisle and give, give the Lord your heart. It is a blind commitment. You don't know what you just signed up for. And so, um, so we are, we are, you don't know that now your perspective about the world and perspective about yourself is about to change now because now you don't sign up to, to follow Christ. And so now that's about to change. And so you're, um, and so we are forever growing so that, our, so that our eyes will be open to these particular things to understand what the world is about what self is about and what Satan is about. So we have to, uh, our, our eyes will be open as we continue to delve into the word. And so we can't have power to overcome as long as we are ignorant. You cannot stay in a state of ignorance. Your reasoning, your excuse of not knowing things can no longer be uh, based on ignorance. And so, um, and so uh, the path of discipleship recognizes that this is a process. The more I grow in God's word, the more areas of my life I'm growing conviction in. And so it's like I said, it's going to take a while for us to develop convictions in certain areas. I know that sometimes women will ask me, what's your thoughts on this? And I'm like, I don't have a thought yet. Like, I'm still developing it. Uh-uh. Can you teach on? Uh-uh. I'm not teaching on that because I'm still developing a conviction in that. And so, and it's okay. Um, as long as you're still growing, trying to grow and trying to mature in that thing. You don't just want to, my answer can no longer be, if you ask me a few years from now to teach something and I just can't say, I don't have a conviction. No, you said, you don't say, you, you, you ain't have a conviction a few years ago. At least by now, you should have, <laughs> you should have some type of conviction if you're always in the word of God. Sign <laughs> And so that's that's something that we need to to always be be present in, okay? Um, always abounding in the Word of God, where Philippians say, okay. Um, and so these convictions come with illumination. The Holy Spirit illuminates our understanding of scriptures, and then conviction will come, okay? Uh, going back to the slide, it says sometimes scripture represents this conviction as sort of a divine peace, and so um, sometimes. 
we just don't have peace about pleasing God sometimes. We fight within our flesh of pleasing God. Like, I just, I just want to do this, but I know the scriptures say I must do this. So you wrestle. We wrestle all the time when it comes to pleasing God. And so there's a struggle of pleasing ourselves, pleasing the world, pleasing Satan. There's all some, some is always fighting for your attention. Some is always fighting for your allegiance. Okay. And so we see ourselves, like scripture said, being tossed to and fro. You don't want to be tossed to and fro when it comes to your convictions and perspectives. You want to have a solid conviction and perspective in the word of God. Um, and so if we're going to have the peace of God, the peace of God is the conviction uh, when it comes to your trials and tribulations, just being at peace. If the Lord says that I don't, I'm, it says it in James that when, when trials and tribulations come, if I have them, then I'm going to be at peace because the Lord told me that I, they were going to come. And then he gives me guidelines. He gives me principles that I can use to deal with my trials and tribulation. It may not be comfortable. It sounds good in theory. But when that bug hits your life, you have to, you have to uh, uh, be able to respond according to the word of God. We, I know I can say that when, when events come, my flesh is so quick to jump in front than the word of God. I can just see my flesh like, uh-uh, hold, hold back, hold on, I'm ready, I'm ready to handle this. I got this one, sit back for a minute. But our response should be telling our, the spirit, our spirit should tell the flesh to sit back and don't get up. <laughs> and so we have to really get to that point, okay? So in Philippians, let me see here, Philippians 4 and uh, 7 says, rejoice in the Lord always. Um, and then um, I would say rejoice, let reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known and the peace of God who surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. And then uh, when we uh, look at anxiety, depression, and loneliness, and all, all of that stuff, that is a part of self, that's part of the flesh, and that is a part of Satan. Satan wants you to feel this way. But um, it's, a, it's a natural phenomenon that comes from Satan, our fallen nature. So we depend on our own understanding instead of depending on the truth of God what he says about our situation. So we should not be torn in our situations. So when we have the peace of God, then we should know what we need to do when situations arise in our lives. Okay. Um, and then in Colossians chapter, yeah, there you go. Uh, no, I didn't put 15. I did not. Okay. So Colossians 3 and 15, that says, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful. And then um, you have to, one thing you have to decide, who is going to rule your life, yourself or Christ? Um, verses before in, in Colossians 3 and 2, that says, put on men as God's chosen one, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness and patience, bearing with one another. And if anyone has a complaint against one another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you so that you must also forgive. And above all these things, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. So we should forgive because Christ has forgiven us. We sometimes we feel like we just forgive that. I gave that person too many chances. But yet we want God to give us chance after chance after chance. And so that uh, we're supposed to treat uh, uh, each, each and every individual, individual disciple with the love of Christ. Okay. And then in 2 Thessalonians 3 and 16, it says, Now may the peace, the Lord of peace himself, give you peace at all times in every way. At all times. In every way, we should live a life of peace. The Lord be with you all. Okay. Um, so I, I got one more minute. So I'm gonna do one more slide real quick. And it says that the next slide it says, um, oh, let's put that in the wrong order. I oh, yeah, did. Okay. It turns out that um, a mature and right perspective of God's words is essential 
to knowing this peace. Um, so you will not know this peace unless you know the word of God. So the peace will come after a right handling of the word of God. And so we have to move quickly to get to this place where we can have this experience. So you want to always be um, in your word. You want to always be studying. You want to always be growing so you can get to this level of peace. I know we all want to live in peace, don't we? I know I do. And so um, the worth of knowing his word is important uh, than the things that are keeping us away from this peace. Relationships and, and commitments and priorities and your economical situations or whatever sometimes can hold you back from getting to this level of peace. But if we give all that to God, then everything else will fall into place. Okay, um, and Hebrews, that's where that Hebrew scripture comes from. Uh, Hebrews 5 and 12, it says, for through by this time you ought to be teachers you need someone to teach you again uh the basic principles right and it says that um going down it says solid fools for the mature but those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish what is good and what is from evil so you can't just come to just a tlc class you can't just come to a sunday morning class a sunday morning service or saturday service in order to have your powers of discernment trained that's not enough time. You have to uh, you have to always be abounding in this word. You have to get to a point where we're trying to get you to a point where you're able to feed yourself and not um, be so dependent on 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 your on your leaders. You won't you don't want to stay at the milk level. There's a certain time limit time period to stay at the milk level, but we want to get you to the point where you can feed yourself. We want, uh, you don't have to wait until you get here at TLC or Saturday or Sunday to get spiritual nourishment. You have spiritual anorexia. You, you be spiritually just depleted. Just think about how many times you eat during the day. That's how much time that we should be spending in our word. <laughs> That's how much time we should be spending in our word, okay? Um, so a skillful per, uh, perspective and handling of the scripture so it is okay to say that I'm a child as long as I am in a systematic training of God's word, though. So we can, um, so you can be mature to get to the point of adulthood in the spirit, okay? Um, and so if you don't have the right perspective of God's words, then you can't, like I said, distinguish from good and evil. Um, you cannot uh, be trusted to know what is right and what is wrong. Okay, so I'm gonna stop right here because it is 10:30. Anybody have any questions or comments? We're good. All right, so I'll go ahead and turn to that Okay, so um, I'll go ahead and pray, um, and then um, we'll pick up next week on this particular lesson. So let us pray. So Father God, we thank you for this day. Thank you, oh God, for just allowing us to get together and to learn about the importance of having a conviction in the word of God. Um, God, we're moving from just depending on our mother and father and our spiritual leaders as um, sources uh, for our belief system, but we're taking whatever they say and um, using the word of God to measure, to make sure that it is biblical, that it is script scriptural, God, um, for faith, uh, for uh, things that is not rooted in faith is, is simply sin, according to your word. So we must be able, uh, we must get to a point where uh, our belief system is based in the word. So God, help us to spend time in the word so that when someone asks us about, um, about our belief system, about our calling, we don't have to fumble. We can at least give them a just of what the word is saying. We may not be able to quote verbatim, but we should have um, our conviction uh, should come from the, from the word of God. So God help us, allow us to um, meditate and to spend time with you, Father. Uh, spend time in your word, oh God. Spend time understanding, spend time um, allowing the Holy Spirit um, to illuminate this word to us, Father. So, God, we give you all the praise, glory, and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Thank you all.